morning, church. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> well, let's pray. Well, Father God, we thank you that you are the way, that you are the truth and the life. We thank you, Father, that in the darkest hour, Lord, you shine, Lord. You guide us, you lead us, you speak to us, Father. You even interrupt us and halt us and hold us back, Lord. Lord, your way is perfect, Father. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that you lift up a standard against him. We bless and praise your holy name. Now, Lord, I pray that the scriptures that are written herein would be lifted from the pages, ride on the wings of the Holy Spirit, Father, and find a heart to dwell in, Lord, Lord, that they may bring forth good fruit in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, <laughs> I guess you guys have been watching TV, huh? <laughs> I guess you're not going on any cruise anytime soon, huh? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, my bishop um, sent an a, 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 a email this uh, past week from my church, and um, he said, okay, I just felt like I need to send an email out about this coronavirus thing. He said, first of all, everybody, he said, come to church. He said, but uh, let's not be doing any hugging and kissing and handshaking. Let's just do a fist bump. And please, whatever you do, don't shake my hand. <laughs> okay. okay. And he said, and if you're coughing and choking and blowing your nose, he said, we have a simulcast on TV. Be feel, feel free to watch it and send in your tithes. <laughs> so he, it was kind of done like kind of in jest for the most part. It wasn't like really like a real serious, but I think he was serious, you know. But, but the point is, the point is that uh, if you've been watching TV at all, um, you know, the, the news has been bombarded. I, just, I had to stop, and Charles will tell you, I'm like a news fanatic, but this past week, I just stopped watching. I'm so sick of hearing about people trapped on ships and, you know, and people walking through the terminal and, you know, a thousand people got infected and blah, da, 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 and this one died and that one died. You know, that's like bad news, okay? That's just negative news. And I understand that it's necessary to warn people, you know, and let them know what is afoot. But I want to say this. Uh, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you have read the word of God at all, you shouldn't be totally surprised, okay? Think it not strange, okay? Uh, let's, let's open the text and just take a look at what God, because he's already forewarned us, and for, to be forewarned is to be what? Forprepared, you know? So Luke 21, 9 11, he's, you know, he gives you the... the, the Oh, that did oh 21. Oh, chapter 21, 9 through 11. Yeah, 9 11, emergency. Sure did. That's really interesting, huh? That's really interesting. It says this, uh, starting at verse 9, chapter 21, book of Luke. And, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And when you hear of wars and insurrection, don't panic. That's what the living says. Don't panic. In other words, don't be afraid. 
okay? He says, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. It says, yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. It's not the end of the world, okay? It says it's not immediate, but it's just a sign of what's to come, all right? All right. He said, then he added, nations will go to war against nation and kingdom against... How many of you have heard this before? This is this not new. This, okay, no, it's not new. Okay, there will be great earthquakes, and there will be famine and plagues. Okay, just look, it says plagues are going to be everywhere. In many lands, okay, and that's exactly what we're seeing. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs in heaven. And then in verse 33, it says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my word will stand forever. Hold on one second. And ever. And ever. Hold on. Switch glasses. Hold on. Yeah, that's better. Hallelujah. So the thing is, um, uh, I, I, I just, the Lord gave me a message, three reasons not to be afraid. But I want you to know that if you really, really study the Bible and just go to, uh, you know what a concordance is? Any of you know what a concordance is? A concordance is, you can find it, there's in case, you might want to write this down, Arturo, uh, biblehub.com, okay? And any questions that you have about the Bible, anything you want to know about the Bible, any scriptures that you're looking for, you can go online or go to your computer to biblehub.com and it will like, It'll just, just type in the information you're looking for, and, it'll, and it's 90% pretty accurate in giving you information. But BibleHub.com says that there are, listen to this, 365 fear nots in the Bible. That's one for every day of the year. One, re, one, one fear not for every day in the year, every time you get up, there's a reason for you not to be afraid, okay? Um, so... Um, 365. Now, Isaiah says this in Isaiah 41 and 10. I don't know if it's on the board or not. Uh, it says, so do not fear. He says, why don't you have to be afraid? He says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Now, do you know what, it, you know what dismayed means? It means to be stressed out. Okay? Don't let stress get the best of you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your Lord. I'm not the Lord. I am your personal caregiver. Okay? I'm the one who's taking care of you. It's, have you ever seen a, a young child and uh, uh, walking with their parent and maybe a strange dog comes along and the child just kind of grabs the, grabs the dad's leg, you know, pulls behind the mom's skirt and whatnot? He says, I, you don't have to be afraid. I, you know, you might see things coming at you that you don't understand and that are fearful, bigger than you, but just get behind my robe, okay? <laughs> just, just hold on to me. I got you. I'm not going to let you go. Right. It says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm so, Lord, that, I'm so glad that God gives us the strength to endure when fearful things are afoot. Because what, what happens, what happens, there's another scripture that says that uh, their hearts melted with fear. 
okay? So, you know, fear can melt you down, okay? It can make you so that your whole system just shuts down. You know, you panic, you can't move, you freeze, you know, you sweat, you shake and whatnot. He says, no, you're not going to melt. He says, I'm going to put something in you that's going to strengthen you. Hallelujah. So that you don't have to be afraid. This is so good. He says, so don't, do not fear. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You're looking at, and my husband is a witness, you're looking at a complete, absolute germ-phobic person, okay? Germ-phobic person, okay. I <laughs> Clorox in my dishwater, okay. You know, we take our, don't walk around the house with your shoes on, take them off at the door, spray them with some Lysol, okay. Leave them in an area, you know. I don't put dirty shoes in my closet, okay. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like the person with the wipes. I, I was at the, um, um, you know, the Bank Bank of America, you know, the window, the outdoor teller. And this, this young girl, she's got a baby in her arm. The baby's got the bottle with, the, like, the nipples, you know, with no covering on the nipple, just the nipple. And she's talking on her cell phone, and she goes up to the uh, teller after, like, three people been in front of her, you know. And she goes, and she's talking and whatnot, you know. And I just couldn't help it. I got out one of my wipes. I said, honey, just, you got a baby in your arms, okay? Wipe the screen off before you start using your finger. You're already talking on your phone. Now you're going to put that on the screen, and then you're going to go back to your phone, and then you're going to give your baby the bottle that you just, you know. I mean, it was just too much for a phobic like me, okay? <laughs> that was just too much, okay? So she says, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, here, take a couple more. Just put them in your bag, okay? You got a baby, you know. So I'm just telling you that my little weakness, so this is, this is the whole thing. When you know that you are given to a certain personality type, you know, and that you have these kind of little idiosyncrasies or phobias or whatever, that's where you have to constantly reassure yourself in the word and, and just really uh, uh, build yourself up in the word in the area where you know, you know, that uh, maybe it's something about your temper or something about your um, lack of self-control when it comes to eating or whatever your, your, your area is where you really struggle, that's the area where you have to feed yourself and strengthen yourself with the word because the more you get the word, and see, let me tell you something, we are under attack. Anytime, you know, how many of you watch TV at least once a day? At least once a day, okay? Come on, tell the truth, come on. Honest, you're in church, okay? Yeah, at least once a day. And what happens is, you are being what they called entertained, okay? What does that exactly mean? Well, we know what enter means, okay? It means to come in, okay? So, to when when you're entertained, it means that you are open yourself up to whatever is in front of you for it to come in. And to, when it, you want to entertain, it comes in such a way where it is acceptable and, you, and it's welcomed in. It's not anything that you're resisting. Anybody that goes to the movies to see, uh, uh, what's the guy with the, with the mask on? The, 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 huh? You know, the killer, the guy that goes around killing, he comes on every, every, uh, uh, every, oh yeah, the Joker's fine, okay? Now, we know that that's like some horrific stuff, 
But so it means that you want to be entertained. Do you understand what I mean? And welcome something in even though you, it is something negative but you are allowing yourself to be entertained, okay? And so in the same way, when you turn on the news and you hear, uh, the virus is here, and the virus is there, that person died, and one person sneezed in the whole universe, you know, everybody, you know, and you're going, oh, 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 you know, and your kid comes in the room, don't touch me, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, because what happens, you have allowed something negative to enter in you. And if something is attempting to enter you, you need a filter, okay? The word of God is my filter. Because every time, you know, and you cannot, there is no way that you can get around what is going on in, in, in your atmosphere, in your culture. You can't get away from it, but at least, if you have the word of God in you in such a way that it filters out, okay? So I start hearing, you know, over and over again, and I know that that's the area, you know, where I'm like most, you know, like, oh, you know, I hate germs, colds, anything that's not clean. I just hate being around it and whatnot. So I needed that filter. So what's my filter? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you're my refuge, my fortress, and my God. In him will I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare, the fowl, and the perilous passage. He shall hide me under his feathers, and under his wings I will take refuge. That's not something I have to go find a book and read. That's something that I have put in my spirit as a defense against what I know I'm going to be exposed to in my culture. So if you don't know that the Lord is your light and your salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard. If you don't have that in you as a permanent filter, then everything that is in your culture, everything that happens around you, everything that comes to your door to attack you, it has total access. And that's when we become, what the word says, dismayed. And Isaiah tells us, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Well, how do I defend myself against a mindset? And let me tell you something. The Bible says that as a man thinketh, what's the rest of that? As a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. So when you think something, listen, when I'm walking down the street and I'm like, God, I go to my car, I'm in a, in a garage and it's, it's, you know, I didn't realize it, but it got dark outside, you know, and I got to take the elevator, go to the fifth floor and I'm hearing my heels click, 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 you know, and I'm walking like, so, you know, I'm like, if you start thinking, Oh my God, you know, people are getting mugged up here. You know, women are getting killed. You know, people are getting their purses snatches. You know, people are getting kidnapped. People are getting raped. Guess what you are calling to yourself? You are calling that negative thing into existence. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so many people, I'm not just saying if you think that that's going to happen, but you, what I'm saying, you are drawing negative things to you. So when you walk through a garage, when, you, when you're in a place, you know, you need to click, click, click. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want thee. Yea, the Lord, through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I know you are 
with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when you do that, you are calling out the angel army to walk with you, and you will sense the presence of God. So I'm telling you, see, the thing is, the, the Bible says, thy word in Psalms 119, it says, I wor thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And what, what, what does it mean? If I, if I don't hide the word in my heart, it's a sin against God. What, is, what you're saying is when that word is not there as your defense, it means that you don't trust God to defend you. And that's where anxiety comes from. That's where fear comes from. That's where nervous breakdowns come from. That's where mental illness comes from. And believe me, mental illness is contagious. You get one crazy person in the house. All you need is one, okay? And everybody catches crazy. You hear what I'm saying? So if there's no filter, you can have, they don't even have to live there. They can just visit on a regular basis, okay? And leave enough spirits in that place, you know, that it'll wreak havoc. Let's get back to the word. But you're getting what I'm saying. Charles and I have a practice that at least half we do, maybe every two months, we pick a new passage of scripture. And we spend our time, you know, maybe it might be at the dinner table when we have a dinner together, and we'll rehearse verse one, and then we'll rehearse verse two, then we'll rehearse verse three. And by the end of the month or the end of the week and whatnot, we've got a whole new, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all this within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, he forgets. He my iniquity. He heals my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth, I need my youth renewed like an eagle. I don't need to be weak. I don't need to be walking around, oh, my hip, oh, my foot, oh, my eye. He's renewing my youth like an eagle. And if you claim that, that's what's going to manifest in your life. And we've seen it do it. We've seen sickness come in our house, come in our bodies, and we've watched it leave. We've watched it leave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, 2 Timothy 1 7. You want, to, you want to memorize this. You want to memorize this. 2 Timothy 1 7. You there with me? This is a good one. You need to know this one. It says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So all this stuff that you're hearing in the news, you know one thing, it's not from God. If, if it generates fear in you, you know that that emotion is not coming to you from God. He says he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he has given you a spirit of, what's the first one? And what's the second one? And what's the third one? Amen. Hallelujah. So it says he's given you the spirit. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you the spirit of power. Ephesians 3.20 says what? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, imagine, or reason within yourself. According to what? According to the power. Where's that power at work at? The power is already in you. Oh, my God. So that means when the enemy comes to attack you and to threaten you, to threaten you, he says, you have the power in you to overcome that. 
He says, I haven't given you the spirit of, of, of fear. I've given you power. And let me tell you something. I have found this to be true so many times. Do you know that when you are prayed up, when you know the word and when you're standing on that word and you come in conflict with someone who is in some way trying to bring harm, trying to bring hurt, trying to intimidate, trying to misuse you in some way, do you know that they recognize your authority? Now, if you're not standing on the word of God, they will not recognize your authority because you're not dealing with person to person. You are dealing with spirit to spirit. And whoever has the strongest spirit will take dominion over the situation. How many of you have had to talk to lawyers or been in a court situation or been in a situation concerning some transaction or whatnot, and you know that that contractor is trying to play you? Now listen, oh, I got to tell you, this is a good story. Uh, before Charles and I were married, you know, as a single woman, you know, I was renovating a house for my daughter. And uh, a guy came in to, to lay tile, and um, the guy always had alcohol on his breath, you know, but he was referred to somebody who referred somebody. You know how that goes. And oh, he's give you a good price, and he'll do the work, you know, and stupid me, you know. So uh, anyway, he came in, he started laying the tile, and one night the Lord said, you need to share Christ with him. So, you know, I kind of waited around for him to finish. He was cleaning up and everything. I said, I said, are you married? And he said, oh, yeah. I said, how's your marriage going? And he just looked at me and he said, did you really ask me that? I said, yeah, I really asked you that. I really, I said, because I want to pray for you and your wife. That man sat down in my kitchen chair and began to tell me about his drinking problem and the situation with his wife and the situation with his son and whatnot. And I just listened. And... Um, at the end, I said, you know what? I said, God really does have a solution for you. He really has an answer for you. And we began to pray. Anyway, he prayed to receive Christ. He prayed to be delivered from alcohol. I mean, we, we must have prayed for an hour together. And the next day, he came to my house. He says, I have something for you in the backyard. I said, what is it? He said, oh, the tile that I stole, I had to <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use it on another job, but I had to bring it back. He said, God convicted me, you know. So you have power. I'm telling you, you have power. You have authority over the enemy if you, when you stand on that word. Amen. He says, not only have I given you power, he says, uh, uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given a spirit of power and of love. Well, how does love work against fear? Because people think that hate is the opposite of love. But the Bible says that fear is the opposite of love. And he says that perfect love will cast fear out. Now, this, I want you to just picture yourself because, I mean, I, this happened to me. I have a, I, you know, I'm not a really, really strong swimmer, okay? I mean, I can get from one side of the pool to the other, but I wouldn't have a party in the pool in the deep end, okay? Not like that. But <laughs> my daughter, she was a, Teresa, she was about three years old, and we were at a pool party, and the kids were like, um, you know, that could swim, okay, were in the pool. She didn't know that if you jumped in, you had to know how to swim, okay? So she saw the kids in the pool, and when I turned for a moment, she jumped in the deep end, you know, like, huh? 
know, she just jumped in. Now, I was not the one to save her, okay? And I could have let fear keep me from going in that water, but perfect love, yeah. I'm telling you, the fear will leave. And I'm telling you, I jumped in that water and I got my child, okay? We could have both joined, drowned in the water, but I know we weren't going to drown that day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because love is greater than fear, you know? And if somebody, let me tell you something, every husband in here uh, knows that, you know, if somebody says something to your wife, you may be a little skinny guy, you know what I mean? You may be, you know, on a crutch with a leg or the, you know what I'm saying, whatever, but you're going to hit them with that crutch. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to worry about, well, I can't worry about what that person's going to do to me because my love for her is greater than the fear I have of you. Every mother with a child, you don't care. You know, it can be a bear, it can be a lion, it can be whatever. And I, I've, I've heard stories where mothers have fought off, you know, wild animals that came after their kids. You know, well, he could have done. I don't care. My love was greater than my fear. And the word of God is trying to tell you that perfect love. When you, when you really love God, when you really trust God, let me tell you, fear cannot, will not overtake you. So there's power. There's love. And that sound mind. Look what it says. Um, um, uh, sound mind. Is there a scripture for that? I hope so. Yeah, it is. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So, Isaiah 26 and 3. Let me tell you something. The mind, the mind is a battlefield. And you know that the enemy is trying to take ground in your mind. Yeah. And God's word, at the same time, is trying to protect your mind. Yeah. Now, in your mind, within your mind, I don't, don't want you to get confused about the soul realm and all that kind of stuff, but your mind is controlled by your will. Yeah. 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 You can will to think whatever you choose to think. Right. Now, I know that sometimes... You know, my husband and I, you know, we have some differences about how we would handle situations or it might be a family situation, you know, something that, you know, his cousins, brothers, sisters, you know, ex did, you know what I'm saying, that we don't agree about, whatever, the kids or whatever. And in my mind, I will say, you know, he, he, if he had any sense at all, he would know, he just just so irrational, you know? And so, and, and those things would start coming in my mind. And see, we made a pact with each other that we would not allow anybody to talk negatively about the other. He could not have a conversation with his sister, negative about me. I could not have a conversation with my friends, negative about him. We agree now. So when we agreed to that pact, and I heard myself saying negative words again to him, I said, no, 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 no. You can't talk about my husband. As if it was somebody else talking to me about him. I treated it like it was somebody else. And it was somebody else. It was the enemy. Because if I hadn't attained that thought much longer, when he walked in the door, hi, honey, I'm home. God, what did I do? I let the enemy take territory 
in my mind so that what was in my mind began to manifest in my actions. Say that with me. What's in your mind, in your mind? Will, manifest will manifest in your actions. So you have to guard your mind. And the Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace who allows me to control his mind. And how do I allow him to control his mind? Listen to yourself thinking. Have you ever caught yourself thinking and you didn't even realize you were thinking what you were thinking? Watch your thoughts. Listen to what you're thinking. When you catch yourself thinking something negative, something fearful, you got to go to the word. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continue to be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. The humble shall hear and not fear. Hallelujah. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You have to get that already in you. You can't run and find a Bible and say, okay, let me go to the index and see if I can find. It has, that filter has to be in place in you. I'm telling you, it's not just a a religious practice to memorize scripture. It is your defense against the evil one. It is your defense against fear. It will will take Satan's assaults against you and, and cause them to fall apart, cause them to turn back, cause them to look for somebody else who has no defense mechanism. It is your spiritual immune system. The word of God is your spiritual immune system. What does that mean? It means that I don't care what they're saying about viruses and sicknesses and war and people getting blown up and uh, terrorists and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? No weapon. Okay, Satan, I see what you're doing, but guess what? No weapon. Formed against me shall prosper. But you know what? We read the first part of that, but no one reads the second part of it. You know what it says in the second part? Let me see if we got it. Isaiah, do we have that? No weapon formed against? Yeah, I think we have 57, 17, 54, 17. I want to put that up there for a second. Isaiah 54, 17. I know it's down a little further, but I need it, okay? Find it. Because we, all, because we always read the first part of it, but we never read the second half of Isaiah 54. Okay, 17. It says, there it goes. It says, no, let's read it together. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Who are you? Who are you? Who's he talking to? No, 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 no. Let's keep reading. And every tongue which rises against you, who's the you he's talking about? Let's keep reading. And judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's who the you is. If you ain't serving God, you can't be in the club. No weapon formed against our cast another drink will prosper. That ain't you. The ones that he is protecting and saying, yes, the weapons, they will be formed against you, but they're not going to overtake you, are his servants. What are you doing to serve God? I was going to uh, speak at a conference, and it was a really, really important conference in terms of, you know, the, the theme and the idea and what the purpose of it was. And I was walking, getting dressed to go to the airport, and I had my laptop tap 
plugged in uh, on the desk. And this is before they made those little razor thin laptops. This is when laptops had some weight to them, okay? And that thing caught in my, um, the cord caught. And that laptop came down on my foot on the corner. Bam! Right on the top of my foot. I was on my way to the airport. Bam! And I mean, I could almost hear my bones breaking, okay? I'm like, oh God. And have you ever had something hit you so hard that you don't even feel the pain at first? Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's just completely numb, okay? Yeah. Just, you know, and I looked at my foot, and I, and I gotta be at the airport like in, you know, 30 minutes. I looked at my foot, I said, in the name of Jesus, you know, you know, Satan, that I'm on my way to do the work of the Lord. And I command by the shed blood of Jesus Christ that this foot is not broken, it is not bruised, and when I put my foot down on this floor, there will be no pain, there will be no swelling, there will be nothing. I mean, I proclaimed it, and I put my foot down, and there was no pain. Do you hear me? No weapon formed against you. Who's you? Serving God. What are you doing to serve God? What are you doing? Are you, are you helping to feed the hungry? Are you going over to the nursing home, you know, just to cheer people up? Are you making a place in your house for somebody that doesn't have any place to go? Are you giving to ministries so that ministries can flourish? He said, well, you know, I've been praying and asking God, Lord, what are you know? I'm old now, so you know I can't do this. You can call people on the phone and encourage them. If you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what can I do? I mean, my husband and I, they were like, all front, not far from my neighborhood. There were like all these campers, just park people living in campers, people living in tents along the street. And you know, my husband said, and I, I was asking one of the homeless ladies in the corner, I said, what do you guys need? And she said, more than anything, we need bottled water, okay? We went to the 99 cent store, got a truckload of bottled water, okay? And just start dropping off bottled water, you know, got some of the kids in the neighborhood, showed them how to give. Because these were some teenage boys. I said, you guys want to do something good? Come on, go with me right over there. Just want to drop bottled water to the homeless. And of course, we took other stuff. We took food and whatnot. But the point is, I put my seed in the ground so that when weapons are formed against me, they cannot prosper. I'm too busy serving God. Hallelujah. Almost done. So we know that uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 says that uh, God's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power. He's given us love. He's given us sound mind. Now, here are your three reasons not to fear. Ready? Are you ready? Yes. Number one, you are under police protection. Psalm 91.11 says, For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in your, all of your ways. They will protect you wherever you go. You have police protection. Amen. We know that, hey, we know the enemy's after you, but how would you feel if somebody was after you and everywhere you went there were two squad cars behind you? Feel, feel pretty safe, huh? Yeah. Well, guess what? God has got squad cards that are assigned just to you. They're watching over you. They have just, oh, my God, he's so good. I was coming home from Bible study one night, and it was, it was late. You know, we kind of hung out a little afterwards, and it got late. And I got to my house, and I had a big palm tree was 
in, was in the, on the corner as you go up the walk, and you got to get past this palm tree, go up the walkway. And I saw a little head sticking out, you know? And then I saw another head, and I saw two young guys, okay? In their teens, they're like hiding behind the palm tree. I got my purse, I got my books, and I got out of the car, and the Spirit of the Lord came over me. I said, come out, right, right now, get out of there, right now, come over here. I said, what are you guys doing? Uh, uh. I said, get your butts home, right now. I said, okay, okay, went on down the street. Then I got in the house. I was shaking when I got in the house because I understood that God had done something supernatural. He gave me authority over the works of the devil. He gave me an escort. God says, I will escort you. I will watch over you. So you know that you're a police or scat. This is what I like. Number two, God will put you in a witness protection program. <laughs> Psalm 27 and 5. For in times of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of this tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. God says, I will hide you. Amen. He, I will hide you. He says, I, I have already a place designated for you. Do you remember when you were like uh, maybe younger and uh, you would go out to a party and a uh, good party, you know, good music, good food, everybody's having a good time. And something inside of you said, leave. Has that ever happened to you? It's time for you to go. All right. Oh a good time, just one more drink, just no one more, you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about when you're just, you know, doing your thing. I said, no, I gotta go. You know? And then you get home. Girl, guess what happened as soon as you walked out that door? God says, I've got you on a protection program. We were, my daughter and I were in Atlanta and we were visiting a friend one evening in Atlanta and we got ready to go and, uh, and the husband said, oh, let me tell you one more thing. And he's, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm looking at my daughter like, we got to go, you know. We get in the car. He says, you know what? I forgot. I've been, I, made, I made a banana pudding. You have to try this. I'm like, I don't want no banana pudding. Teresa says, I want it. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. You know, she's going away eat banana pudding, you know. And then... We get, go to the car again, and beloved, he's talking and talking to him. I mean, a whole hour went by of this saying goodbye, all right? <laughs> we get on the highway, and the highway is completely shut down. There's been a 10-car wreck wow. with the truck and the whole thing, and we knew immediately. So look how God just held us back because we had left when we wanted to leave. You know what I mean? We could have been in that pileup, but we had banana pudding instead, okay? Banana pudding. He says, I will put you in a witness protection program. The enemy will not even be able to find you. He won't see you. I will hide you. I will cover you. Finally. Three reasons why not to fear. Those who try to harm you, you will be, they will be defeated. That's what I love. Oh, when you are just, when you cannot, he says, I will fight your, your, your battles. I love uh, uh, Second Chronicles says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
And he says, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And again, we're back at Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that exalts itself in judgment shall be condemned. This is your heritage as the servants of the Most High God. He says, I will fight your enemies for you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I will be there to lift up a standard. He says, I will fight for you. I will protect you. I will be your shield. I will be your buckler. I will be your defense. I will send. Where's that song by Tom Tim? Do you have that back there? There's a no, no, no. There's another song. There's. A, I just want you to take a minute and put this song in your spirit. Anybody know Chris Tomlin? Chris Tomlin is the best. Okay. I just want you to let's just worship him in the song by Chris Tomlin because. Uh, Got it, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak these words over our personal lives, over the lives of our loved ones, our friends, and our family, Father. And we thank you in the name of Jesus that the angel armies are watching or protecting. Lord, that you are a friend of mine. Father, we thank you and we praise you as we go out into this crazy world, Father, that the filter of your word, the protection of your word, the immune system of your word, Father, will cover us, which is the blood of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen and amen. Give me a wipe, a wipe out of there. Yes. Thank you. This is for you, Pastor Chuck. A Clorex wipe. God bless you.